We're back. Hi. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. We did a little little break for a, for a bit of a different season, but now we're back to the OG Flop Stars, the one everybody knows and loves, where we pick an album that we deem to be a flop and we unpack it and we pull out the bright parts about it. This artist this week is not one that you will be used to hearing in the sentence of flop. She is <laughs> potentially the least floppiest artist we have ever done on the podcast. She is Adele, multi-platinum selling, world conquering, music defining god. <laughs> you may everything. be aware of her work. You may have you heard may of be. her. You may have heard of her, yes. And you may have heard of the album we're doing, which is her debut album, 19. And before everybody jumps down our throats, because we have got in trouble for doing much... <laughs> much artists that are much more of a flop than Adele. But yes. 19 is obviously her debut. It doesn't kind of hold the same records that her other two albums and soon-to-arrive fourth album will. So... We're doing this because we want to talk about Adele. <laughs> this is the floppiest <laughs> one. <laughs> so See, you'll shut thing. up the and flop, you'll listen. The flop spectrum exists on so many different levels. And in it this does. one, it's just the flop in terms of... In, in Adele's world, this is the flop. Not exactly. in the wider world. Exactly. We're talking about Adele's world where obviously she's an overachiever. Um, mm. And to have this album as your flop is certainly not like having a bionic in your category. In your and catalog. due to being Australians, um, we will be chopping down any overachievers because we love tall poppy syndrome in Exactly. Yes. You must be humble and self-deprecating. Yes. Um, so when talking about Adele, we say that she's had moderate success um, in other parts of the world and, and is she loved shouldn't by be her proud. local community. She should, she should be despised. <laughs> I'm just going to let the cat in because the cat keeps yelling. Oh, great. Look what the cat dragged in. Look what the cat dragged in, an actual cat. There we go. All right, I should calm down. First of all, hello. It's hello. Nice to see you again. It's great to see you too. We've spent so much time not talking about music, and um, I'm, I'm excited to get back to diving deep with you once more. I know our many fans and followers have missed this deeply, so we'll get it I done. I think they have missed us deeply, yeah. and we've had some stern words to each other. Um, yes. And we're going to do this regularly. Yes. This season's going to be our biggest and best. With more flops than you can poke a stick at. And <laughs> in this season, you, we may be face-to-face -face at some point. Mm, which is a little teaser. We may be face-to-face. -face and, and who knows, maybe face-to-face with you as a human being as well, if you live in certain regions. We might, you know, we might organise. Well, what are you little, promising? I'm not something, dropping something. into anyone's house. <laughs> Coming to live from your home. <laughs> <laughs> Sign up now for us to come and tour your house uh, anytime between December and January. Link in bio. <laughs> so as, we're, as we've been doing for the last few seasons, we're going to chat about what's been going on in the last few weeks in music. And I feel like it is heating up. You've got mm. all your mum's favourite artists uh, coming out for Christmas. So yep. we've got an Adele record in a few weeks, obviously. We've got the Ed Sheeran record this week. Um, who else is mum's favourite? We've got a Kelly Clarkson Christmas album. It's all Favourite of mum's and Sam Murphy? Exactly. Yeah, well, actually, all these artists are 
Quarter four is very aimed at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are a Q4 girl. The stocking stuffer era is upon us once more. It's definitely the stocking stuffer era. Oh, and Taylor Swift, the red um, Taylor's version. Oh, and yeah. actually, I was, for the second time this year, which is a bit creepy, <laughs> at Taylor Swift's Rhode Island house over the yeah, weekend. That's weird. Um, that's weird. Just hovering outside, seeing if I could catch a glimpse. And you I get didn't. one visit a year. There, not two. It's like when I visited oh, no. Max well, Martin's house in LA. You get one visit, not two. Oh, what's it like? Um, gated. Yeah, that's like Taylor's. We had to kind of go <laughs> onto the beach and then walk like a long way down the beach so that we could view it from like quite a distance. That's a mission. Yeah, but it's, that's a, ni- a, mission. it's a nice home. So yeah, good for her. She seems to be doing well, happy and healthy. <laughs> We're gonna do Not me. a game of bop or flop with some of the releases from the first week. It only feels right to start off with our first one, Adele's "Easy on Me." Yeah, there ain't no ghosts. Just been on repeat in my brain for the last <laughs> few weeks. <laughs> um, without prefacing, you know what we'll talk about shortly. You know, too much. Every time Adele returns Mm. i remember where i was when i heard the song so bizarre that it's like that i remember when hello came out i remember i had driven to inspect a house that i would then end up renting and my car broke down and i was sat uh, on the side of the road next to a river waiting for the roadside assistant to fix me (laughs) and then and then Adele's Hello dropped and I watched the video and I listened to the song very wow. loud and I went, oh, Must be wow, the that's first time you weren't in some kind of fast food chain. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was exclusive to One Direction members' first songs. Okay. That I would, I would yeah, hear them <laughs> Good in Good to know. I'll restaurant. note that down. My um, and Easy On Me did you. the same thing probably <laughs> twofold because it just goes on and it just sort of... It's iconic from the moment it hits and then it, it still takes you to a place you didn't expect to go. Yeah. But without without leaving the Adele-ness that we know is going to happen regardless. And I think that's the really beautiful thing about Adele is is she is one of the very few artists that I don't need to do a pivot with every album. I don't need her to do no. an evolution because the truth and honesty within her, the way she delivers everything and the way that she just verbalizes feelings... It's just one of a kind, and I. It, it's like a comforter. It's like yeah. It's like your favorite blanket. I know this sounds so lame, but like it really is. It's just <laughs> this is very aimed you, at the Q four mothers here. Absolutely, right mums eat your heart out. Um, I hate kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just <laughs> a perfect. It's just a perfect song once again, and only she manages to do this. And you know what I'm like with ballads. You know what I'm like with just pianos. Yeah. But it's, she just does it. It's a whole other level. So it's a bop from me, obviously, without being a bop, technically. Well, like her personality and her vulnerability and her charisma is so strong that she kind of just needs to go away and live life. And that's all the changing yeah. she needs to do. And like, not lucky for her, but I guess lucky for us. She's been through a divorce, which gives some, some good um, fodder to pop into the album. And yep. it all comes out on easy on me. And she's been like, it's amazing. She's, she's been away, what, six years or something. And you hear that voice the first yeah. time. And it's like, it is, it's like familiar. We're back in it. Easy on me. Certainly not the, um, 
return that that hello was like hello was kind of like this big stadium moment this is much smaller and much more contained kind of in in the way someone like you is but it's it's so effective and and she just like that voice is unmistakable and nobody else can can sing just one note and have everybody eating out of the palm of her hands again so exactly it's an absolute bop let it be number one for 63 years She's back, baby. She's back. Also back on a very um, different spectrum is Swedish House Mafia, who've teamed up with The <laughs> Weeknd for Moth to a Flame. So bizarre, this whole Swedish House Mafia return. Yeah, what's going on? They, were, they, they did a proper farewell, like a proper world tour farewell. Yeah. We're never coming back, launch solo projects slash continue the solo projects that were already on. And now they're back and doing probably their biggest, you know, collaborations ever. Um, you know, I think Switch House Pump are kind of household names now yeah. um, to an extent, which is, is very rare for, you know, the dance music community cre- to create, you know, real household names. It's always kind of existed in in its own world. Um, and, and teaming up with The Weeknd is a, is a genius stroke. Um, and I feel like it plays into The Weeknd really nicely as well. He's yeah. sort of bo- like started to own this sort of part of the dance space that I think is going to be re- very uniquely him. Um, you know, it's, it's big kind of 80s dance styles. And I think the two coming together um, make a lot of sense. So it's a bop from me. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Everything you're saying. Couldn't care less that Swedish House Mafia are back. Um, if they dropped that name and it was just The weekend, I would still love it. Yep. Didn't really like their other um, songs that Swedish House Mafia put out, but like, good for yep. them. Good for their fans. Hope they have a nice little trot at Coachella next year. Moving yep. on, Remy Wolf, Street You Live On. At live in, oh. Live On. Yes, Live On. I know that you've got a big yeah. B for this because you've been <laughs> tooting it all on. over your Instagram. I truly think this is probably the album of the year, Juno, um, for me anyway. And we're, and I think you can say album of the year now because we've only got two months left. Hashtag Q4. Um, we haven't had a deal just, yet and you probably haven't we listened haven't... to the Kelly Christmas album. That's a very good point. So it could end up being number three, yeah. realistically. Um, but for now, it sits as my number one album of the year. Yeah. I just think the way that she makes weird, wacky, wonderful pop music that still, again, it's that familiarity, like the, the hooks are just so obvious and the hooks are so clear, but they're not always in the chorus. Yeah, A lot of them are in the bridge or, you know, the hookiest moment can be in the verse sometimes or even the outro yeah. sometimes. Um, the production is just mental. Like, um, Solomonophonic, who she's been making most of her stuff with and, um, other collaborators like M Phases, the Australian producer who's on a couple of tracks and, um, uh, Y2K who's on a couple of songs. Like the, just, there's something about her, just something about the way that she makes songs that just hit different. And I think Street You Live On is a magic sort of end to the whole thing. Um, and a very obvious single. I think she's probably got crossover potential more than any other alt pop star at the moment. She's, yeah. she's, she's just about to break without I would doubt. Like to see that um, happen. Obsessed. This Absolutely. Song, I mean, I've, I kind of liked all the things she released off the album in the lead up, but there was nothing that I was like really connecting to until Street yeah. You Live On. 
And that was a really good entry point. Even though it's the last song on the album, it was a really good entry point to everything else. It's like the most sanded down version of Remy Wolf in some way. And also I think kind of the most vulnerable and um, heartfelt songwriting. And now I'm like totally in that world. But you know, it's not, it's not, it kind of smacks you in the face the first time. But this is definitely She's a funny one because you're right, it does slap you in the face sometimes, but... If you listen to when she actually sings, instead of just doing that, you know, that kind of almost rap delivery that she does, that weird voice, um, which I love as well. But when she just, like, sings, like on Street You Live On, like on Volcano, which is sort of in the middle of the album as well, she's a phenomenal fucking vocalist. Did you know she was on American Idol? I did. And I watched her audition and I was like, okay, yeah, they saw it. Like, they saw that... There's just something else about her. There's yeah. just something different. Um, I don't think it was the best audition, but no. it was pretty fucking good. All right. But yeah, I, I think this is an insane album, and I think she's going to be... Yeah, she's she's going to blow. She's great. Blow. So well, from a real um, budding superstar to superstars <laughs> of decades past, ABBA, <laughs> back with Just a Notion. Which is something when we were doing this podcast earlier this year, I would not have thought they would be in the new music section of it. I know, it's so weird. Even when the the first couple of tracks came out, um, it just felt so bizarre, but also so right at the same time. And I think weirdly like Adele, there is... Like Adele, but also differently to Adele, because I think with ABBA, every song is so unique and different. I think... The, just the melodies are so fascinating and so complex yet so simple at the same time um, with pretty much every ABBA song yeah. um, I like I like Just a Notion but I can't get over the fact it is a 40 year old song that they've just re-earthed and yeah. I'm kind of a little bit pissed I off about the it because the whole like that. well that's what I'm here that's what the, the vibe is that they recorded a couple of new tracks and then the rest is all going to be <sighs> that's annoying old shit rehashed because the first yeah. one what was I'm trying to find the name of it. I can't remember now. Don't This is the other thing I Don't was Shut Me Down. All, that don't was shut great. Me down. It was so good. Amazing. Yeah. And written a couple of years ago. Yeah, so, so don't quite be lazy. New. Come on, they're not even showing up to their own shows. So they've got plenty of time I to know. knock out a few songs. I just think I'm excited about the ABBA return. And I think that was a really great moment, that, that big launch. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning to watch great. it. It was um, so Swedish. It was, it was so <laughs> Swedish and ridiculous. But what I do think is it's kind of fizzled straight away. And yeah. it was kind of every, all everyone was talking about for about a week. And then it went, meow. Yeah. And that's so sad to think about. We waited like decades for oh, an ABBA return. <laughs> And since 2015, we've been promised new music this year, new music this year. And then it happened and it was great for about three days. And then it was like, mm, well, welcome to the um, climate of pop music where that is everybody. You beg somebody for a new album, you listen to it twice and then you're like, great, what's next? In the bin. <laughs> um, look, it's a fine song, but it's not setting the world on fire for me like um, like the other two that they released uh, a little while ago did. and But I'm excited for, for Voyage still. I still think there's some promise in there. And yeah. I've pre-ordered the vinyl. so Have we'll, you? I, I'll have to... Li- yeah. I'm, I've become a vinyl guy. This is something else that's happened in the last couple of months. I've started buying vinyls. Um, so oh, my God. Well, vinyls. you should have told me that yeah. beforehand. I feel like we've got to redesign the whole podcast now. It's got to go more indie. Oh, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we should be vin- vinyl check or something. Yeah. Um, Next week, we're going to do Wax Interpol. stars. 
Yeah. yeah. In Inter and the National. The National, um, yeah. The National, yeah. What yeah. about your thoughts on this Abbott record? Yeah, same as you. I, I really don't have that much more to say, to be honest. Really, like, don't shut me down. A little shitty yeah. that they're just um, pulling songs out of the archive, but apparently their hardcore fans were very excited about it. So, great, happy, happy for them. For um, I think I have to go flop on this one. It's not setting Ooh. me alight enough, but I'm sure the album will be great. Still excited for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, just to be very clear, I'll probably go flop as well. Okay. Just to... Great. Just to sort of not sit on the fence because that's the importance of this binary segment. Yeah. Okay, great. I'll note that down for admin purposes. Uh, <laughs> the next one is like, your fave, Lana Del Rey with Dealer. It's a no from me. <laughs> I knew it would be. <laughs> I just don't. I just... You know I try. You know I've tried. You know, there's some songs that I go, oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I just have never given less of a fuck about someone than this woman and this song. It's so, no, it's no, it's a flop from me. But dealer, that is all on to you. Your me on the and I will listen to you. Couldn't be, I'll couldn't you. be any different because I spent two hours today listening to her Instagram live, which was just her speaking with one of her gay friends, fans that she accidentally added to the Instagram live chat. <laughs> Extremely Lana. <laughs> and it was just the most philosophical, bonkers, chaotic chat ever. Yes. She's she's truly a miraculous human being. Um, I think... I, <laughs> the funny thing is, this whole album is basically piano ballads, as the last three albums have been. And then you yep. reach the point when it gets to this song, <laughs> where a male voice comes in who is not credited on the track as a feat. It's Miles yep. Kane who did the last Shadow Puppets with Alex Turner of the Arctic Monkeys. Um, and this song was recorded some time ago. And then it's just Lana absolutely wailing in the chorus. I know. I know. <laughs> and it's brilliant. Ah. It's like this, I don't know. I feel like Lana has been so um, sensual and like very suave with her music, often to a fault. Like it sometimes yeah. feels like she sands down emotion and people have really pissed her off and she's like got a lot of shit over the years. Some of it misdirected, some of it, very well directed and this is her chance to just scream it out and it's not going to be for everybody and i love that she had the balls to put something like this on there so obviously i'm going bob if there's one thing i would praise her for consistently it's for doing whatever the fuck she feels like oh yeah there's no no one telling her what to do yep <laughs> she yep. said on live today i can't remember what she did she threw i think it was a chair at her tour right. manager in Houston, um, I think it was Houston, because there was a large storm approaching and they told her she needed to cancel the show and she wanted to go out and tell the fans herself and they said, no, that will cause hysteria. We need to get them out of the venue. So she threw an object at her tour manager. Oh, my God. In the middle of this Instagram live? No, she just recounted the story on the Instagram oh, live. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking this is happening mid-Instagram I mean, live. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past her. She was, in a, she was in a hotel room hiding from the paparazzi because they'd started taking pictures of her while she was trying to get her chickens to calm down because they'd been crying all night. <laughs> Lana. And then her dad arrives, Lana. but he wasn't being allowed into the hotel because the staff didn't connect him with her name and it was a <laughs> anyway 
<laughs> Enough about that. Let's move it's on. Perfect. Final bubble swap. Tovastiake, start walking. One of the best things she's ever done. Really? Wow. Disco Born. magic. Um, completely underrated pop star. Could have, I think, could have ridden. ridden. Um, could have rode that wave really nicely when Swedish pop was really making a bit of an impact right across the globe, the Zara Larsson era. Yeah. Um, and I reckon really could have, you know, crossed over. She had some really good crossover songs that just made a lot of sense in an English speaking market. And um, I think she might have another chance here. I think this song's, yeah, it's an absolute masterstroke. So it's a bop for me. Yeah. The first, the first single was weird, like very TikTok aimed. Short, snappy, yeah. kind of two-minute Charlie XCX-like song. Um, yep. But this one feels like she's back in her lane, back in that Swedish pop lane. Very yep. 80s-driven, as a lot of things are right now. Very um, Dagny, very, very Dagny, Dagny yeah. Swedish. So is I'm Dagny go Swedish block. or is Dagny Norwegian? can't remember. I feel Norwegian. like Dagny's some, somewhere you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Let me see. Somewhere Dagny you wouldn't country. expect. Uh, how do I say Dagny... Bear with me. Um, no worries. I thought I'd just also let you know that um, uh, Tones and I is doing a Halloween party in uh, LA tomorrow night if you'd like to fly over and go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I can't I find it. All I found was Ethiopia's favourite pop star, but that's not definitely not her. Ethiopia's favourite <laughs> pop star. <laughs> Lucrative market. I don't know. It doesn't matter. This is completely um off topic. yeah isn't this an adele podcast today? this is an adele podcast let's chat about it let's chat about okay, it let's do it it's time for some adele <laughs> yeah so we are talking about adele 17 years old landing a recording contract after a friend put three of her demos that she made for a class project up on myspace to think that that's how this begins like, yeah. when you talk about industry plans, this is not one of them. She was not watered. But this is... Exactly. Not- this is when the A&R's life was fun, when you'd actually be able to go yeah. trawling around blogs and stuff and find music that wasn't, you know, profiled itself and, and yeah. you know, getting getting reaction through gatekeepers at the very at the very jump at the very beginning because now when when A&Rs are you know scouting for new talent they're just looking on Spotify playlists that have already been gatekept exactly this was back in the days where you could find Gabriella Chilmi at a family birthday party exactly and go is that how she got found I think so I think it was a family birthday party you know what's really funny? I when I was about sixteen, I went to see my brother perform um, at at his high school. Yeah, he was about if I was seventeen, it would have been about thirteen. It would have been year eight or something. Yeah, and it was him and two other kids singing in the um, in the sort of it wasn't a choir, it was like a performance. You know, my brother played guitar, a couple of kids sang. There was a kid that sang at the front, and I just went fuck something about him. Yeah, something really special about him. Fast forward four years, and he just signed to Sony. So really, it's yeah. Well, you and I was like, done it. I "Fucking knew it! I know, I should have." One of the great ears. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, Elton like, John. <laughs> one of the biggest songs in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> the busiest bum in the business. Ears <laughs> in a velour tracksuit, just tracing around town. <laughs> oh. um, anyway, back to what we were talking about. I feel like this is going to be our loosest one yet. This is going to be very loose. I mean, back I on a, track. I have a half hour. I have a eight fifteen cutoff. Um, okay, so this will be fun. Well, I'll talk. I'll talk real quick. 
<laughs> no time. I'll just ramble on. I mean, Lucid. She, so she signs to XL Records, um, very mm. young, obviously. And yep. she pens this album. I mean, there's some songs on this album that she wrote when she was 15 years old. The song Hometown Glory, which sounds like somebody written by a hardcore soccer fan, was actually written by Adele when her mum tried to tell her to go to Liverpool for university. And she was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and she wrote this song about her fucking hometown. Imagine being that proud of your hometown at 15. At 15, I was like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, the Central Coast is a mess. I just want to be in a, I want to be in New York. I know. And, like, oh. and so meanwhile, her mum's telling her to get on the train to Liverpool and she writes this bloody <laughs> ballad that could tear the house down. Yeah, Liverpool. <laughs> But Where's she? She's from the outskirts of London. She's from she? Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah, right by the River Lee. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, but I mean, I think when you think about 19, I mean, I remember hearing it and knowing that she was kind of like this buzzed British name because England mm. at the time was really the home of like where you were finding all the buzzed artists. Like you had Adele, Lily Allen, Florence and the Machine, um, even like Little Boots, Ellie Goulding later on. Like it yep. really was the place to find people, but there really was nothing like this girl who just came through with this monstrous voice and obviously did not fit the pop star vibe at all. And I know that's like cliche to say now because I feel like that's almost the mode now is to be a pop star that doesn't fit the pop star box. But she was really one of the first to start doing this like in inverted commas relatable pop music and just pour yeah. her heart over a song. Do you remember like what your feelings were when you first heard, I don't know, did you first hear like Chasing Pavements first or? You'll be actually quite shocked at this, but my first introduction to Adele was Rolling in the Deep. Was it? Yeah. Because this okay, was like, this is exactly I was... why we're doing this album, isn't it? Yeah. It's because it really did. I think if you were in tune with music at the time, and you know, this is 2008 we're talking about. If you were in tune with music at the time, you absolutely knew of Adele. And in 2008, I knew of Lily Allen and I knew yeah. of a couple of the other, you know, I knew of Mika, um, a couple of the other, you know, big buzz names out of the UK. But my, my diet at the time was commercial radio because I grew up in a place that doesn't get a, an indie radio signal and I wasn't as in tune with indie music on the internet. Um, well, outside of the UK, she wasn't a mainstream name at all. Not at all. Like it took until it took time. really until rolling in the date. And it, I think when you look until... at the charts too, like it debuted at number sixty one in the US, um, but rose to number eleven after a performance on SNL. So she got a Crazy. good little boost. But it wasn't until after the release of twenty one that the album actually got into the top ten. Yeah, it, it was number it, one in the, US, it's in the UK, but. Yeah, it re it really took time for this album to take off. Do you, why do you think that is? Do you think that there wasn't a song on this album that had the wings that Rolling in the Deep or someone like you does? It's weird because I think it's such different songwriting. And as much as I said at the very start of the podcast, it's always been the same. There is a little, little something different about 19 compared to the other three or of what what we know so far of the other three yeah um 
you know, I think coming out the gates and starting with just a, you know, her and an acoustic guitar plucking and, you know, yeah. the piano doesn't really get introduced for a couple of songs on, on the first album. Yeah. And it's very, vo- very vocally driven to start with. Whereas I think, you know, the, the, the rest of the records have kind of, it, it's been her versus, you know, big band kind of instrumentation at times yeah. as well. If you think of a song like Send My Love, you know, it's really her versus, you know, a, a big band. Um, I think at the time, if you look at the context of 0809, you know, you did, we've do- dove into that era multiple times where you did have really quite bombastic, weird pop music coming out. You know, this is the, the era of Kesha TikTok and... Yeah. Um, and Fergie and um, <laughs> and even the the UK pop stars that were breaking through the the indie UK pop stars like Lily Allen and like yeah. Mika there was this quirk and this up up tempo kind of thing to it so maybe it just wasn't very you know, like as sunny pre- and playful era wasn't it extremely so and I don't know whether we had space to be as as at least in a mainstream context I don't know if we had the room to be as deep and meaningful at the time. And I think as well, like, I think these things do take time. I think if you are opening up, you know, serious subject matter and you are opening up your vulnerabilities so so much, yeah. it takes a while for people to learn about you and trust you. And yeah. it takes a bit of other mainstream exposure for people to then go back on the stories you've told so far. I think that's a big part of it. And I think, to, like, you're completely right with the way that the production just got bigger and fuller for the next albums. And she kind of moved into this, like, Celine Dion balladry space almost. But when you listen to 19, like, it's a very alternative record. Very, a lot of, like, jazz cues, um, a lot of groove-based stuff. And I don't think the the singles, like, Chasing Pavements and Hometown Glory really showcase what, the album as a whole is actually about because it's very very jazzy and like you think of a song like melt my heart to stone where there's like different like it changes up its timing and it moves like really detours into all these different parts and in some ways i kind of like think it's one of adele's most interesting albums there's so many different like pockets that she explores and she goes so like so vulnerable and so kind of paired back on a song like first love. And then she gives these really groovy moments like cold shoulder. Um, and what was another one I loved tired as well, right at the end. I really yeah. liked like, she's just really, it's not playful, but it's definitely a lot more um, experimental than the other albums. Definitely not made for pop radio. And you I think- was going to say playful. There is a playfulness to it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's less playful lyrically and, and like emotionally, but it's more playful with the uh, the uh, what I'm doing right now, the way she uses her mouth and the way yeah. she uses her, her her tone. Yeah. Um, I think it's quite quite playful and experimental, yeah. Let's go into a song game for the first <gasps> time in a while. Okay, I've missed very excited it. for this. It's as ridiculous yes. as it always is. It's Adele versus songs that have numbers in them. I like this. So Based I picked on her four... albums being named after numbers. Yeah. And I, Adele never really shows up in our song games because she's such a titan that I feel like she can tear down everybody. But let's see yep. how she goes. <laughs> okay, yep. songs with numbers in them. So the first one is Chasing Pavements off the album we're discussing. Versus four five seconds by Rihanna, Kanye, and Paul McCartney. 
I'm just distracted by your misspelling of a couple of words on the run sheet. What did I misspell? You you wrote four or five seconds without a D, and not, uh, I won't I won't tease the next one. I was um, just speaking it like Adele. Four or five seconds, babe. Four or five seconds. Seconds. Four or five seconds. Don't pronounce your D's. Um, that takes too much time. Couple of ticks. Couple of ticks. Okay, this is an interesting one because I still think four or five seconds is a very genius moment. Um, Me too. I think it's a, a it's such a great song, isn't it? And it's such a great. It was just the most bizarre pairing. Then it's so bizarre. Having Paul it's McCartney still back on pop radio. Yeah, but it still works. And having having Paul McCartney back on pop radio, having a song that had no drums in it is literally just an acoustic guitar song. Yeah, is so insane to me. Um, For Rihanna and, and Kanye, two of the most beat-driven artists on the yeah. radio. It was so good. And and I think in that, it is, a, it, is a, it is a stroke of genius, that song. So it comes up against Chasing Pavements, which I also think is a stroke of genius. And obviously it has the Adele factor. But I think on... I was about. I was. I started out talking, and I was like, "It's obviously chasing pavements." But now I'm thinking about four or five seconds. I actually think it might be four or five seconds winning this song game for me, because just the the wow factor of of how they broke the mold. Yeah. Artist wise, what you expect from each of these three artists, even in terms of them pairing up with one another, and how, what the song manages to do with just a simple acoustic guitar, which I think Adele achieves so often. Um, you know, with just an acoustic guitar or, or more primarily a, an acoustic piano. Yeah. Um, I think four or five seconds does that. So it's going to be four or five seconds for me. Yeah. I would give my right arm to hear four or five seconds sung by Adele. Oh, wouldn't it be amazing? It. it would be amazing. Yeah. Chasing Pavements is su- such a beautiful song um, yeah. and such a beautiful entrance into the mainstream for Adele. But yeah, yeah, I just can't deny. I don't, I just love four or five seconds. I think it's just like genius songwriting that kind of captures the simplicity of the Beatles and brings it into the world of Kanye and Rihanna, um, and does yep. something so different for them. So it's got to be four or five seconds. But I love Chasing Pavements. I I want to know what you think Chasing Pavements means. Hmm. I don't have an answer for you, by the way. <laughs> I think I think it means wishing for wishing for a future with more sidewalks. <laughs> What's that mean? Like better infrastructure. Better better infrastructure? <laughs> More bike paths. God, this is really um really Communal. like localized this album from hometown glory to her plea to the council for larger sidewalks for gentrification in Tottenham. <laughs> what do you think? Instead of writing a letter to the council, she's like, I oh, know, put it in song. <laughs> Perform it on SNL. <laughs> That'll get the right little buggers if they hear it on SNL. They're going to extend that sidewalk outside me home, outside me flat. (laughs) It's got to be like pursuing pursuing something that doesn't exist, I think. Well, she said, I'm starting to not understand it myself now because everybody's like, I don't get it. Even my mum's like, I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) 
But they just let it straight out. It is. Yeah, anyway, we won't pull her up on that. She's already lost. Um, (laughs) Make You Feel My Love. Versus Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. Both cover songs. I didn't know that about either of these. So Make You Feel My Love is Bob Dylan. And Nothing Compares to You is Prince. It's going to be Sinead for me. You don't like Make You Feel My Love? It's Bob Dylan. Well, you didn't know it no, was Bob actually, Dylan until a second. No, and I actually, well, even before I thought it was, I knew it was Bob Dylan. I actually don't find it a particularly standout moment on what is quite a quirky and an interesting album. It's quite oh, a straight see, I think standard, it's, is it not? It is a standard, yeah. But I think that's what mm. kind of is her entryway into someone into like more you standards. et al. Yeah, true. It, and I suppose in in that way, it is kind of a nice moment of of sort of respite from. The, the quirk that pops up in in other parts of nineteen, yeah, it's but I don't know. One nothing of the more compares. Boring moments, but yeah. Whereas nothing compares to you is such a, a you know such a Wuthering Heights kind of level you know yeah. moment. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be Sinead for me. I never I never expected myself to choose Sinead O'Connor for a song battle, but. <laughs> I'll take it <laughs> Number one Sinead stand right here Yep Why not Go get your hair shaved off When you get your hair cut today <laughs> Do it for the Sinead Sinead hive Stand up <laughs> And I'll film I'll film myself singing Nothing compares to you At the top of my lungs Whilst I do so I mean what a song though If you're going to sing a song oh, At the top truly. of your lungs Nothing compares it's to you Is like one of the greatest ballads Of all time Make you feel yep. my love Is okay yeah, I should have put it up against someone yeah. like you. That was unfair. I'm doing Adele dirty now. She's lost too. So now I know, she's I feel really bad. I have to stand up. The next battle yeah. is Easy on Me. Versus A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. These are brutal. These are absolutely brutal song battles. Um... Okay, I've got to try and be objective with this because of how fresh Easy On Me is in my mind and how infatuated I am at the moment with it. Yeah. A Thousand Miles... Have you ever... Have you watched the um the doco about A Thousand Miles? It's like a 30-minute doco on YouTube about how it was all no, I brought haven't. together. She basically gave up. She threw out the, the tape of A Thousand Miles and then this producer came in and like started listening to shit that, was, that she'd thrown out and then found this song and was like, we've got to do something with this. And wow. They and yeah, so it nearly it nearly literally physically got thro- thrown out, um, oh my which is just insane to think about because it's such a moan. Um, I do think though that there is a little bit of gimmicky, because uh, it's it's not a gimmicky song, but I think the people's relationship to it is quite gimmicky. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, white chicks and didn't help that, did it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. White chicks didn't help anything in culture at all. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the worst aging films. Of all oh, time. So bad. It just get it just gets <laughs> so worse. bad. <laughs> Did not age well. Um, I am gonna I'm gonna go easy on me. I just think it's such a, a classic, an instant classic. And I think you know, it, I look at something like Hello, and I even look at you know, um, someone like you, and yeah. I just know it sits in the same echelon as those where where in 10 20 years it's going to be as iconic and and perfect yeah 
Yeah. I, mm, yeah, it's so hard to say. You're right about the novelty factor of A Thousand Miles. But I mean, at its core, it's a great, well-written song with an iconic, mm. like, kind of piano riff. Um, and is that weird nostalgia element impacting our thoughts on it? Yeah. Yeah. But Clouding at the same time, when you vision. hear the easy on me piano riff, like when she put up that 10 second teaser, I was already like, I'm going to fucking love this. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go easy on me as well. But yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's a difficult one. But definitely, yeah, yep. easy on me. All right. Next one is send my love to your new lover. By verse 22 by Taylor Swift. Ooh, another hard one. Because I feel like 22 has become a classic now. Do you? Yeah. It's iconic. And it's going to get a re-release in a couple of weeks, which I think is going to be even more remarkable. Yeah. So, um, I'm very excited about that. But, yeah, I don't know. I think Send My Love was probably my favourite song on the last Adele album. Um, yeah. One that I kept going. That was the last album, wasn't it? That's yeah, 25. it is. It's 25. That yeah. is definitely the one that I go back to the most. Yeah. Although it's recently changed to When We Were Young. But, um, oh, there's also When We Were Young. Yeah. yeah. I'll photograph you in this light. <laughs> I uh, love that it always sounds like she's never going to make those notes. I'm like, she's not going to do it. And she does it. <laughs> <laughs> there was that live video that I think came out like, at, like with the single. Yeah. And it's just bonkers i remember they like i think it was tracy grimshaw did they send over to do the 60 minute story and she's like perched (laughs) on the balcony looking at looking at adele singing i'm like you love your trace but you don't deserve to be in this room right now no unfortunately (laughs) 40 years 40 years in television last week for tracy congratulations australians will be pleased to know i'll pass that on (laughs) um yeah this is a tough one but i think it's going to be send my love and i think the more i think about it the more i realize 25 is just full of classics so I have a few Taylor Swift songs that I feel like are universally loved and I just don't, can't connect to. And I think one yep. of them's 22 and I think the other one mm. is Wildest Dreams and they just don't do the same thing for me that they do for everybody else. Whereas yeah. I love Send My Love to Your New Lover and I love the video when she does like, you know, I just love Adele's hands. I love her, her like movements and the way <laughs> she's been doing it since the start. She's always like talking with two fingers glued together. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so I got to go send my love to your new lover. A real, like such a good, uh, I feel like her only pop song, if you get what I mean. Like her only yep. traditional pop song. Yep. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, that's done. I respect that. So Adele got two and she lost the other two. Which quite is remarkable, not bad, but, but it just shows you the strength of music in the, in in general. It's yeah. quite remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is that? I mean, I want to read you a quote from Adele, which I think kind of wraps up exactly what she's all about and something she's been about all her career. And she said, "When I couldn't write a song for so long, I tried to make up things, and I tried to write fictional songs or write things about other people's situations, but I never could because I don't believe what I'm singing." Which is which wow. is what she said around the time of nineteen, and that's exactly what's carried on the whole time, and that's at the core of nineteen. That even though it sounds quite adult, the whole vibe of it, you get the feeling that she's kind of like an emotional nineteen-year-old, like experiencing love and displacement for the first time. 
But I think with such a mature lens on it as well, and I think such she opened a up a bit lens. of a... She opened up a little bit of a, a possibility for younger people's stories to be told and believed on face value yeah. for the first time. Because I think there has always been this sentiment that, you know, you're, you're only 19, you don't understand real heartbreak or real pain. It yeah. doesn't happen until you're in your 30s. Then, of course, once you're in your 40s, you don't get played on the radio anymore. So it's a very small, <laughs> very it's a very small, small window, window there. <laughs> but I think she broke a lot of that down. And then if you if you even look at something like 25, I mean, the, the maturity with which she can talk about her experiences and relationships at 25, if you and I think about our maturity at 25, yeah. um, it's quite... <laughs> Even now maturity a couple of years on. I could yes. not imagine me writing, having the emotion of maturity and write hello at 25. It's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? She's just one of a kind. I've always been so fascinated though, and I think I'm, I'm sure you are as well, how like much of a difference there is between the the intensity of the of the music yeah. and the how laid back and ochre she is as a person. So laid back. And I do it's feel like this is one of the contrast. only albums where some of that laid backness makes its way into the music, you know. Mm. As you said, like, she's very mature on 25. But here, some of the... Li- I mean, I was just going to say one from Daydreamer, which is, like, the most kind of laid back, um, simple song on the album. And then she has this, like lyric where she's basically just gawking at a guy walking past and she's like a jaw dropper looks good when he walks is the subject of their talk he will be hard to chase but good to catch <laughs> <laughs> and that's it like there's some playful playfulness on these on on these songs that i don't think we've seen again but would we want to see them again because i feel like the magic of what she's done on the last three albums or sorry the last two albums and the one coming i presume um is that she puts all everything every bit of her pain and every bit of her uncertainty yeah. into the music so that her as a person when she's in interviews or just you know merely existing yeah um allows her to be you know entirely free because she she's put so much of the pain into the music that the rest of her just is able to be a free being and have more experience more yeah, incredible exactly. experiences and feel them wholly so when you, it's really impressive. When you think about why this album didn't do as well as the others, why do you think it took a moment like someone like you to go viral for people to go back and revisit this album? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, oh, I think it's probably just because it was the first moment she was that direct and yeah. that, um, that one-on-one. Yeah. And... You know, I think it's always an advantage when you use, you know, you pronouns and her pronouns. And yeah, um, I think, it, well, I, I think, think it just when, came at the right time. And like, I'm thinking about the big singles from there. So like Hometown Glory and Chasing Pavements. It's like, should yeah. I give up or should I just keep chasing pavements, even if it leads nowhere? And it's like, obviously means something, but it got to a point where she didn't even really know what it meant. Whereas, like, yeah. never mind, I'll find someone like you is, like, unmistakable. Bang. You know exactly what that means. It's, like, stare someone down in the eyes and give it to them straight. Whereas never this mind. album's a little bit more wishy-washy. And I think when you think also about, like, hello, it's me, I was wondering if all these years, after all these years you'd like to speak, there's no metaphor there. It's, like, straight no. up. 
it's and that's been the case since since this album it's been exactly that kind of songwriting but i think at 19 i could barely look anybody in the eye to like talk about (laughs) a packet of chips at the shops let alone have to sit and tell someone like you broke my heart and i think you're an absolute twat (laughs) (laughs) it's the word you used an interesting phrase like talking about the first album that it's wishy-washy at times and i yeah i i had never really thought about it that way but yeah she kind of beats around the bush a little bit if there's any criticism of the of this of this record you know does she beat around the bush or is she just wrapping everything up in a lot of metaphor yeah. Um and and playing around with metaphor because I feel like you get a bit trigger happy early on. You do. Um, and and I'm sure you've heard this from the many artists that you've um conversed with over the journey. Um, but but I feel like as as time goes on and as maturity builds, your ability to break down the walls and just say what the fuck you actually mean. Yeah. Comes and I think Adele definitely had that moment. It's just that it was fast tracked. Um, <laughs> pretty early on. It's hard. It's bloody hard. And I still watched that performance of someone like you at the Brits when no one had heard it yet. And the whole room was like floor on the mouth as if they'd never heard anybody be honest before, (laughs) which is probably true to be honest. Floor on the floor. Floor on the mouth. (laughs) Mouth of the floor. I'm trying to imagine that. (laughs) It was James Corden hosting. I can assure you he wouldn't have done much of a better job than I'm doing right now. It's an absolute no from me. He would have had his floor on the mouth. Um, <laughs> Alright, let's move on My game, which I've called The Age Game I like So this. I am going to list a bunch of albums And you need to tell me how old the artist was When they released that album Oh, that's fun Yeah Okay, so it's released the album, not re- wrote and recorded the album No, it was when it was released Okay That would I, can do that. I would have to like text Ed Sheeran and be like Hey just doing a bit of a recce Hello uh, I'm wondering what age were you recce. when you wrote <laughs> the A <laughs> The A team um, How's the- Ed getting COVID just before he puts his album out poor da I know I know Such bad timing But I feel mm. like he's been very lucky with other stuff So he can deal with it um, <laughs> Adele 25 Oh, um, when she released it, I feel like it was three years. I feel like there was a lot of the conversation. So I think she was 28. So close. She was 27 when she released 25. But I think she is going to be 33 releasing 30, I think. Um, Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's the conversation around this one. Yeah. Okay. Taylor Swift, 1989. Right, all three years ago. Sorry, I just had to do that. Um, Tell us with 1989. Okay. Babes, divorce. Babes. Well, 89. Was 89 the year she was born? Yeah, so if you knew the date that 1989 was released, you could work it out. But that feels like a lot of maths. Okay, so 1990. I I work well on tens. 1990, 2000, oh, 2010. I reckon this is 2015. So I'm going to go 26. It is 24. What? You're so close on all this. But when did the album come out? Oh, I didn't write that down. Hang on. It'd be 2012, wouldn't it? No, that's a lie. Yep, the album came oh, out no. in 2014. Oh, did it? Yeah. 
And it would have been like before she turned 25. She would have turned 25 that year. Yeah, because yeah, okay. I think her mm, birthday is later in the year. Okay. Yeah, because isn't it her favourite number or whatever? 11, 13, 11? Oh, God, probably. 13, 13, 32? Who cares? Her fans would be able to decipher, be locked in a vault somewhere in Cornwall with... <laughs> they'll, see, they'll see an Easter egg in a music video. Yeah, exactly. I'll from 15 them. years ago from a music video that her mum liked before she was born. Um, okay, Lana Del Rey, Born to Die. Oh, that's a hard one. Lana is... I feel like you told me Lana's age like just a minute ago. Did I? Well, I don't so, know I it, so. so I'm impressed if I did. Oh, okay. I think Lana's 34 now. It's the vibe I get. Yeah. Lana's 34. Yeah. Um, Born to Die was... Fuck, which one was Born to Die? This the is first me. one. Oh, this is video The games. first one. Yeah. Okay, so this is 10... I'm going to say 10 years ago, Born to Die came out. Or no, nine years ago, I'll say Born to Die came out. So I'm going to say she was 24. Oh, you're so close again. 26. Ah, <laughs> that wasn't that close. Let's be real. All right. How old was Nicki Minaj when she released Pink Friday? Take a short vacation, Roman. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, Onika is nearly 40, isn't she now? So Pink Friday would have been 2012 from memory. I think that's right, um, be, I'm going to say she's 39 now. Uh, 31. I'll go with her Pink Friday. She was 27. Oh, not even. Come what? On, I'm terrible at this. I know, you're, you're shit. The next one is Ed Sheeran's Plus. Is that how he says it? Yeah. His debut. His debut was Plus. Okay, yeah. he was 20. Plus was 20. 21. It was 20. Fuck. (laughs) That's good though. Yeah, I know the rough era. I've been not way off on all of them, except Nikki. I was way off on Nikki. Yeah. But by the time Pink Friday Roman Reloaded the Re-Up came out, she would have been 32, I reckon, with Nikki. Well, I don't think she did that for Pink Friday. That was for the next one. No, I thought that was Pink Friday Roman Reloaded the the Re-Up. No, that was for the, the second one. Oh. Yeah, so you're way off. Um, Susan Boyle, I Dreamed a Dream. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> In the vein of Adele. It is. No, it was Pink Friday, Roman Reloaded, the re-up. I knew that. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, but Pink Friday, Roman Reloaded was the second album. Pink Friday oh, was the first. Oh, I got you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep, you're right. Okay. Um... <laughs> Everyone enjoy, enjoying us arriving at points that we could have just looked up. <laughs> uh, Subo. Okay, so Subo was, I believe, was she 61 when she won Got Talent? Therefore, making her, I would say, I'm going to say 62 when I Dream a Dream. No, nah, you're way off. She was only 48. Oh, God. <laughs> what an asshole. Hashtag Poor Suze, Subo. She's not even that hashtag age Susan now. Susan album party. Susan anal bum party. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> Just implied it. <laughs> All right. I need you to give me your best song, your worst song, and your score out of 10. Do it quickly because I'm busting for a way. Oh, here he is. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Best song, I reckon. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be quick. Um, I reckon Cold Shoulder. 
is my favourite. Mm, I like that Just, one too. It, bit quirky, bit fun, but also a bit serious. Least favourite, make you feel my love due to the Bob Dylan factor. And a score out of 10, I'm going to say a good, I'm going to say an eight and a half. Wow, that's great. Yeah. What a way to start the season with positivity. Love and light this season. It's our live, laugh, love season. (laughs) We're in our solar power era. Um, And your good self. I am going to go. The best song is Hometown Glory, Cold Mm -hmm. Shoulder, and Melt My Mm -hmm. Heart to Stone. And the worst song. You get one song. Well, okay. I'm going to go my favorites, Melt My Heart to Stone then. Because I like the little funky little shake up in the middle. Yep, makes me want to. Okay, I'll take that. Want to shuffle. Um, I'll respect that. And then the 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 worst song I'm going to go my same. Because I couldn't tell you what it goes. Yeah. Like. Yep. Uh, <laughs> That's often our least favorite song of albums we haven't heard in ages. It's the one we can't remember. <laughs> Just couldn't be bothered to listen, so we'll we'll bin that. <laughs> We clearly well, have that an attention wonderful... span for about 11 songs and that's it. Uh, that, exactly. that, that, 8 out of 10 is my score. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> for an average on Metacritic of 8.25 between the two of us. That's pretty good. Someone She'd be right up there. She'd, She'd be, be featured on the, on the front page. Yeah. Well, thank you for tapping in for the first episode of season what is unbelievably five of Flop Stars. Wow. It's been great fun. Um, as always, we want your recommendations of albums you want us to deep dive into. So jump into our socials. Um, we are on uh, TikTok as Flop Stars Pod, I think. We're actually going to upload some TikToks, by the way, so follow us there. Yeah. Um, and if you ever want to send like a, a voice note in or something, maybe we'll start dropping the album we're going to do like a few days before. And then if you ever want to drop us a voice note or um, yeah. a video message, a hamper, gifts, anything like that, um, <laughs> we will make your name known Large on the sums podcast. Of money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll we'll drop my it. Venmo in the description. <laughs> 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 Bring it on. Um, review us on a podcast app if you can and um, share this with your friends. And yeah, cool. Solicits are all done. Have a yeah. wonderful week. It's a pleasure to be time. back. Goodbye. Enjoy. Enjoy.